Welcome to the Adidas Runners The Talk Series podcast. My name is Shiara, and today I'm speaking with some of my fellow captains, Ayo, Marie, and Pax, about how we harness the power of community to connect and empower people through running. Hi, welcome back to the Adidas Runners The Talk Series podcast. This episode is on diversity. My name is Shiara Robinson, and I am one of the captains from Adidas Runners NYC, and I'm a member of the Diversity Advisory Council, which was started in 2020 with captains from all over the world coming together to make our communities get make our communities better. So I'm here with three captains and coaches. And we're going to talk about diversity, the Diversity Advisory Council, and the projects that we came up with after the council was born. So captains and coaches, let's take it away. Hi, hi, everyone. Um, my name is Ndiebo, but I go by PAX, and I'm the captain for Adidas Runners Cape Town. Hi, everyone. I'm Ayo. I'm captain of Adidas Runners London. Hi, everybody. I'm Marie. I'm the captain of Adidas Runners Zagreb and yoga coach, too. So, yeah, I'm super happy to be with all you guys today. Thanks, everyone, for joining me. First, before we dive into the conversation, I just want to really set the tone for everybody that's listening. You heard our cities, but let's go around and say what time it is everywhere so people can really grasp that this community really is a global connection of people. So in New York City, I'm in Brooklyn, it's 12, 11 p.m. Here in Zagreb, it's 6 p.m. 7, 11 in Cape Town. And it's 11 past five here in London in the <laughs> evening. <laughs> yeah, so we, we really are a global community. And I think, um, you know, when the Diversity Advisory Council was started, we didn't really know what was going to happen, but it really was kind of born out of all of the, you know, tumultuous times that we were seeing across the world in 2020. And um, the people who came up with the idea reached out to us and really wanted us to, to see and survey our communities. If these things are happening in this country and these things are happening in this country, is there a crossover? And if not, what are the real issues in each city and how can we as community leaders help our communities? So, you know, in, I think it was November of 2020, the project was presented to us and we got our first assignment. So the first assignment was to create a project that would help our community. So when that prompt came to you, what was the first thought? Um, I want to hear from you guys first, and then I'll tell you how we took it in New York City. But what was the first thought, and how did you start working on a project? Who's going to start? <laughs> For me, when I got that, um, it was a lot of mixed emotions, because firstly, I didn't know where to start, because there was just so much happening um, in South Africa as well, with uh, South Africa being one of the um, highest countries in the world with GBV and wanted to be my focus but then again it was just like where to start because we wanted to also inclusify sports in it and it took me I think a good two months to actually find a community that I could relate to as well and that I could help within sports and that was the community that I found in Mitch's Plane, which was of athletes that were doing quite well um, in 
track and field, but not getting the recognition or the support that they would um, actually need to actually excel even further. And that for me was like, this is something that I can work with because even those kids come from troubled backgrounds. They come in a gang-ridden community, which is faces with drugs and, and crime. And I thought that, and the coach, the work that the coach was doing there, him himself coming from um, a troubled past and like taking dangerous parts growing up and him coming back to the community and doing something different and actually helping kids stay out of, out of the streets. I felt like that was something I could really work with. And it has been an amazing journey. Like it was an amazing eight months. I started my project in March um, and we just finished now in October. The project was um, called Hope in Our Plains. And it was basically the name itself, just giving hope in the community of Mitchell's Plain. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow, Pax. Really love your project. Um, you're mm. very, very inspiring as to what you're doing over there. So yeah, thank you so much um, here yeah, from London. Um, yeah, I guess um, similar to Paps, when the request came in to start or think about a project that can positively impact our communities or the communities around us, I, I was a bit unstuck as to where do I actually start. So I kind of looked a bit inward as to my own kind of um, experience and journey um, growing up in London. Um, so I came to London when I was quite young, so from Nigeria, but yeah, lived here all my life. So trying to think and think about it as how could you add a bit of sports focus into um, the project? So here in London, we've got a good relationship with a charity called Greenhouse Sports. So similar to Adidas, um, they're changing lives through sports, but specifically young lives through the power of sports. Then, of course, as Sharara said at the start, a lot has happened in the last 18 months. And a lot of research came out um, of the last 18 months, the last year, in looking at health outcomes in Black, ethnic minority people, um, disadvantaged people, people from lower socioeconomic backgrounds. And Greenhouse Sports are trying to tackle that by positively developing these young lives through the power of sports. Then relating it back to my own experience and the sports I played as a child, very varied, played football, um, basketball, table tennis. So it was very varied, but there wasn't, it was, it was through school rather than through a structural element, something like Greenhouse Sports, which is a charity going into schools to develop that. So my Greenhouse Sports kind of led the way so I kind of built on what they were doing so the project was to bring the young people and give them an understanding of the power of movement and running how it can positively impact their lives and the sports they play so looking back on the research we found that young people are becoming less active and leading to those health impairments chronic um, physical conditions then young people from black and ethnic minority backgrounds are even statistically less active than their natural, um, natural uh, national average, I should say. They're looking at greenhouse sports. They work with 77% of the people they work with are from black and ethnic minorities. So it kind of married. So the project was to kind of support those young people from those disadvantaged um, 
um, backgrounds and also backgrounds that aren't really represented um, in, in grassroots sports. So essentially the project was to build on what Greenhouse Sports are doing with our own Adidas runners kind of, how can I, how can I, a bit of Adidas runners sauce a on flavor. it. Um, a bit of flavor, right? Yeah, so just <laughs> kind of build on the excellent work they're doing and with a bit of our sauce and flavor um, to continue to um, improve those young lives. Greenhouse sounds so incredible. I love that you were able to, you know, bring the two powerhouses together um, and fuel, fuel your project. Okay. Yeah, it's very cool. I mean, uh, your two projects just came out on, on YouTube, the videos about them, and they're so cool. And I can't wait for our video to come out. It's so inspiring. And I hope that everybody will watch those videos because when you see you guys, you know, interacting with the kids and when you see the kids' faces, it's just so precious. And yeah, I mean, I've been also working with the kids on my project. And actually, I don't really remember why or how, but I kind of immediately knew that I wanted to work with uh, refugee kids. It was just something, I don't know, always I've been involved in volunteering here in Zagreb when I came to Zagreb. I'm actually from Austria, so I moved from Austria to Zagreb nine years ago. And then I was in student organizations and we were always volunteering, like going to um, just orphanages and doing stuff with those kids or helping, you know, students from our other countries to find the ways here in Zagreb or, you know, um, going, doing stuff with older people, you know, kind of those um, communities. And actually I was kind of inspired by your project you were doing in New York. Um, what was the name again? Adidas Beyond. Yeah, Beyond. It's It was so inspiring. And then I had, you know, I had just flashes, you know, something with refugee kids, something like Beyond. But it's kind of different here because Zagreb is a really, really small city. We have like one million people living here. So it's the biggest city in Croatia. In all Croatia, there are only four million people. So kind of a small country. And Zagreb uh, or Croatia, let's say it's the, the, the last step for refugees coming from the Middle East, you know, on the Balkan route. And not many refugees want to stay here in Croatia because the situation isn't the best. There's a lot of corruption going on. And yeah, there's a lot of fear towards migrants, refugees. It, it's a weird, weird place kind of. But those who stay, you know, they're not really, as you can imagine, privileged, of course. And especially for the kids, sometimes it's hard, you know, to just, you know, join normal sports because the parents, they don't have really the time to, to drive the kids, you know, to pay the, the, the fees for the sports club. By the way, if we hear something where it's my cat, <laughs> he just woke up and now he wants to talk too. <laughs> so I kind of uh, thought, yeah, what can we do? And of course, uh, due to the pandemic, my plans, you know, went over the board like 10 times and I had to think of new ways how to do this. And then we started actually in summer and we had this running summer camp with the kids. Uh, there were 27 kids participating in our running camp. And we just had a lot of fun during the summer and we saw each other like two times a week. And then we also had holistic sessions. And after summer when school started, um, 
we wanted to um, kind of give the kids the possibilities to explore sports further and find something they really like. I'm so sorry for that. <laughs> I hope you can't hear him too loud. He's going crazy. You can barely moment. hear him. Okay, he's really <laughs> loud here. <laughs> and now they're um, in different sports groups. So they're doing basketball, dancing lessons, football or soccer lessons, and what else? Uh-huh, boxing lessons. So everybody kind of uh, could choose what they wanted to explore. And yeah, we're still all in contact and I love those kids. And I never worked with kids before, so everything was really new for me. And I just like so in love with the project and I'm happy that it's still going. And yeah, still have big plans with it. <laughs> that's amazing. I think something that's really cool is that the three of you all chose projects that involve children. Um, I think, you know, working with kids is not easy. And I think as adults, we just think like, oh, they're kids, like, it's so easy, but they really yeah. do have so much of an identity already. Um, and I think <laughs> the fact that you were all able to see a gap and fill that void with, with sport for the youth is really impactful, because I think we can all attest to how much having sports in our lives has really shaped us into the adults that we are today. Um, and I just think back, when we got this assignment, we had this prompt and um, Captain Jesse Zappo, or excuse me, Coach Jesse Zappo and Coach Amir Omar and I were all in the council together and we really sat there and we thought and we were like, you know, what, what do we think New York City needs help with? And we did have Adidas Beyond already, which is an amazing project that we're super proud of that was a, a, um, a brain, the brainchild of that was Adam Francique, another captain here in New York City and so we kind of felt like that's already we're already doing something with children what else can we do and I think it was really tough for us because if we think back to last year this time in the wake of the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Elijah McClain it was really hard to think about how we could make something better um, something that we do pride ourselves on in New York City is that we have a diverse community whether it be having so many women as captain and coaches, we have several people who are black on our leadership team. Um, but we looked at that and we were like, okay, but New York city has so many other types of people. And yes, we do feel like we're diverse, but we're also lacking. So the place that we started, which was really a wake up call was we put out a survey to our community to just ask people if they felt represented, whether that is through your age, through your gender, through your, um, your race, your ethnicity. And it was shocking to see the feedback that we got. And that's how we kind of created our project, which wasn't chosen. But then the three of us got to assist on other projects, which was super cool. And I got to be on PAX's team for Hope in Our Planes. And I remember from the very beginning, something that I told PAX is I was like, listen, something that I realized from Adidas Beyond was that we were so grateful because we had someone in the school who was already there, who was a liaison. So we were able to build trust. And the one thing that I told Pax, I was like, if you get nothing else from me is don't go in there and try to change these kids, this program, the founder of the program, like go in and see how you can really enhance and make it better because that's how impactful change lasts. 
And I just want to know how did all of you go into these communities that were already pre-existing um, that were, you know, some, especially Marie yours is that's a very sensitive community to go into as an outsider. How did you go in and build trust and create this community that is long lasting and now you have ties and will continue to grow with? Yeah. So what I'm always kind of stressing that I could have done nothing <laughs> if I hadn't had really good contacts with this uh, NGO that's called Are You Serious? Um, I think they were founded in 2015 when kind of the refugee crisis here in Europe started. And they're this amazing team of young people that are helping people that come to Croatia with, you know, everyday stuff like, okay, finding an apartment, um, going to the bank, you know, and doing all this uh, paperwork stuff. But they also have like, they, they built this really great community and kind of a safe space for refugees. You know, they know they can ask anything and they have a lot of volunteers that are helping the kids with uh, schoolwork, you know, with homework, they're studying with them, they're helping them learning the language and so on. And um, I was kind of following this organization for a long time already. And I had a few friends that were volunteering there. So I just started, you know, asking questions and um, how many kids uh, do you have in your network? And would they like to do some sports with us? So it was like kind of really starting there with asking questions. And then um, uh, they just sent me, you know, the names of kids that would be interested in it. And in the beginning, actually, there was like not a lot of names because, of course, nobody knew us and like what we are doing and what the program would be like. And then kind of everything started and then more and more kids apply, like applied for this program. Of course, we, we kind of accepted everyone because I was just so happy that, you know, people were coming. <laughs> yeah, it was so yeah. cool. And actually, it was hard for us because we needed to um, kind of define, you know, an age group for this. And we were like, first, okay, let's do like 11 to 17 years. And then we're like, okay, let's do 10 years. And then uh, most of the people or the kids in the program, they had younger siblings. And then, you know, the siblings were asking, yeah, I want to join too. And then we were like, okay, let's do nine years, but this is like the lowest we can go because the group will be too diverse and we can't really, you know, coordinate the program. And then yeah, some kids were younger than nine, but they were like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm nine years old. They and, just you know, wanted to be just part like of the program. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Pax, I know that you were trying to figure out the age range too and how to manage older kids and younger kids. Yeah, um, we sort of had a similar situation because we did have like nine-year-olds and then I think we had few kids that are over 20, but we did separate them. We separated like the nine year olds to the 15 year olds and then we had our mentors two mentors that were dedicated to those kids and then we had like the 16 year olds to 24 year olds like with um four other mentors because we had to incorporate um the exos um training program and one of the things that we knew that won't really stick with the kids was nutrition um so we needed to make sure that like what you were saying mari like some it was going to be too diverse and you weren't going to implement um, what you were trying to implement. So the kids that were serious about track and field already that were already making um, provincials and, and, and nationals, which is like state championships. Um, those kids, we spoke a lot about recovery and sleep and nutrition. And yeah, 
it, it, it was quite impactful. Like, yeah, I understand. But what I really love about your um, project, Murray, is the fact that you've got these people who are in crisis, who are coming to a foreign land, who are still trying to find their feet. And here you are welcoming them and like giving them something like sports, like something to sort of like escape that reality that they're in and like sort of like a haven whereby they can play around and they can still run and still feel like kids because ah, I can't even imagine what they go through, especially at that time, at that age. It's quite a volatile age. And the fact that you guys yes. got this and saw an opportunity to actually give them something, it's, it's, it's quite amazing. And I really can't wait to actually see that video. Uh, yeah, it, it was really amazing. Just like you said, you know, those are people in crisis, but it's funny kind of because the kids, they don't really see it that way, you know? And actually when we did the video and we did some interviews with the kids, uh, one of the girls, she's 16 years old, and she said she, after the interview was done, and she told us just, you know, I'm so happy that you didn't ask me about my past, because usually people just ask refugees, like, okay, where are you from? Why did you leave your home? Was there war? What did you see? What did you experience? And it's just ask you, just ask me, like, who am I today? Because refugee is not my identity. It's just a part of my story, but it's not what I am. And I think this was wow. really, really powerful, especially coming from a 16 year old. That so, just gets yeah. chills. That's yeah, me incredible. Too. So true. Something that I, I know we're getting a little off topic, but something <laughs> that I always say that I love about the running community in New York city specifically, because this is where I am, but just in general is that none of that other stuff matters. Like your past doesn't matter. What you do during the day doesn't matter um, because movement is universal. Like it's a language that we don't need to speak the same language to understand. And I think that's really powerful. And that's something that she's always going to remember. Like these people saw me for me, how I show up today, not who I was five minutes ago, yesterday or last week. So that's really incredible. Um, Aya, what about you? How did you build that trust through greenhouse with the young athletes yeah yeah i guess what you're saying about having an entry point or partner is really crucial when you're working with young people because they've already built that energy that trust and you come in as an outsider young people as we know probably won't listen right um so greenhouse sports already had that legacy work in building relationships with the young people um, so I was fortunate prior to actually, actually pitching the project to the DAC, I did a pilot session with the school that I'm working at, working with um, about a week before. So here in London, we already had plans to do something with um, Greenhouse Sports, but we just didn't know what we would do. So I went into a school over here in London, over in the east part of London, and I just delivered a session based on my coaching experience based on some experience um, and some things I've read on how to coach and work with young people. It was an eye opener. Going into that school, I, my heart was beating hard. It's like I was- You were like, nervous. Uh, highly nervous. <laughs> it's like I was at the start of a- It's of crazy a, of, how it can be so nerve wracking to talk to people younger than you. Nerve wracking, yeah. yeah. So true. <laughs> Yes. So my heart was beating. It's like I was at the start of a race. So I was like, calm down. Look, we, this is fine. It's just young people. But thankfully, um, we had a coach there, um, Coach Christine, who heads up the tennis program there. She's like, look, it's going to be fine. Um, just be yourself. 
yep and so yeah thankfully through her I got to learn and kind of I was kind of her student um just watching how she behaved with the young people how she kind of commanded a bit of respect and discipline um from them of course me I'm still coming as an outsider but I got opportunity to learn firsthand on how to deal with young people even though there's so much um, ways to deal with them but how she did it was a real eye opener um, so if we fast forward off the back of us um, confirming the project was successful, we met with, we put together a kind of folk, I wouldn't call it a focus, a coach, the coach session was one part of the project that I designed was to hear from greenhouse sports coaches as to what they really wanted on the ground. So of course, before you know where you're, before you know where you're going, you need to know how to, how to, how to start there. So essentially we brought them into a room, just hear about how, what problems they're having, how we can come in there to, to, to better it as such. So going back to what you said, the importance of partners, coaches are really important um, because they have their experience, their expertise. And as you said, we can't go in there and be go overboard. We need to learn what's working, what's not working, and how we can better improve it. So yeah, Greenhouse Sports as a charity, of course, they're the partner, but specifically the coaches that are already working with the young people. We had we had a good opportunity to learn from them and work with them to make the project better. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, something that you said earlier too was so interesting. You were talking about, you know, the the fact that there's data around specific groups, whether it's minority black people, young people, girls who are involved in sport less and less as time goes by whether that's because you know like in the U.S. we have a lot of issues with arts and sports being taken out of schools there's no funding for it or you know barriers to access sports or um, you know all of the screens and all the apps kids just aren't interested in sports nowadays but there really is so much data on interacting through sport and how learning skills through sports can really shape your life if you start them as a young person. So I, like I said, you know, it's so interesting that you all chose a project with children, but was it because you were thinking about that of how sports can really help shape you? Or was it just because you noticed that kids in your area or you know packs where you researched kids there just didn't have access to it what was really the reason that made you decide like I need to make this project about children because we know some other captains chose things like domestic violence or homelessness um, in New York we were focusing on people with disabilities um, etc so what was it that really that you know showed you you had to focus on kids I guess if, if I may go first, I guess for me, it was that kind of personal, personal journey experience. I guess having started to run like nine years ago um, and, uh, and what running has done for me, but also as a child playing team sports um, and how that's it kind of positively impacted me socially, academically. Um, that was a big, big reason for the, the big rationale for the development of the project. And again, the, I think the project was very much research kind of led as well. So looking at the positive elements of 
sports, movement, like increased health opportunities, better social integration, attentiveness, academic improvements. Um, so yeah, so for me, it was personal experience in school, through sport, and just seeing what's happening in wider society. Like a big justification for the project was greenhouse sports are working with disadvantaged kids. There's over 800,000 disadvantaged kids in London and they're managing to work with only 50, 50, 50 secondary schools. So these are high schools and two primary schools. So elementary schools. So greenhouse sports are only supporting this many kids. So there's so much we could do. Um, so hence the name, the network effect. If we can change one young life through the greenhouse sports ideas runners program, that young person will go and tell another person that's not part of greenhouse sports. Um, oh, look, I'm running with Adidas now. And that's an amplifying effect because that young kid hopefully will, will tell his young kid to come to Adidas to greenhouse sports. And that's it. It just snowballs. Yeah, I think mine is quite similar to you, Ayo. Um, it was more of a personal thing because um, growing up as well, coming from sports, and, and also coming from, okay, the kids in Mitch's plane are like more socially disadvantaged than me. But growing up, I know the troubles that I faced as well with sports, trying to juggle sports, um, my academic life and my personal life. And having the platform to actually assist and help kids who are in sports, who are still trying to navigate life, who are teenagers trying to find their own identity and to be themselves in a community like Mitch's Plain, I felt like I had to grab the opportunity by both hands to be basically the person that I wish um, I had been like an athlete growing up because at some point I had to like, well, I not at some point, I actually did quit track and field because I couldn't juggle both. I couldn't, I didn't have, let's say a mentor or someone to guide me or someone to check up on me sometimes because sometimes I'd actually feel tired from a track session and I'll be like, I'm going to, look at my homework the next day and stuff like that. But the fact that we were there and we had mentors dedicated to, to specific kids because we had like almost 40 kids and we had six mentors, seven including me, and we all had our mentees, six to eight mentees where we had to check up on, um, focus on smart goals, focus on academic goals, personal goals, and of course goals in, in athletics. And having that platform, I felt like I needed to to, to grab it with both hands. And that was my sort of like, yeah, push to, to, to work towards the kid, with the kid. Yeah, for me, it was completely different because of course, I mean, me growing up and being a white woman, you know, I'm super privileged in every kind of way, kind of everywhere in the world. And I never had to, you know, really fight for the rights to, be and exist you know in this community I'm living in and it's super weird actually because you know when I moved to Croatia you know it's you know you just get like compliments oh that's so cool and wow and we're so proud of you that you came to another country and you found your way so good here and everything but you know the refugees coming from another culture looking a bit different and it's a whole different story and a kind of you know, when I, I knew I wanted to work with refugees, I, I didn't know what their needs were. And I just went to the NGO and I sat down with them 
And I said that I said to them, you know, you guys know the best what the real needs are and where can we help. And then the one girl that kind of leads the NGO, she just told me that, yeah, the kids are super disadvantaged because sometimes clubs, sports clubs don't want to take them in because of the refugee uh, status. And this was like so weird for me to hear, you know, like it's a kid. I mean, come on, (laughs) you know, what harm can a kid do like most of the time, okay? But like, let's be real. And for me, it was super weird, actually, you know, in, in Austria and the place I grew up, uh, it's also a small town, but it's it's normal um, that you go to school with black kids, kids from the Middle East, kids from everywhere, kind of, you know, we really are super mixed in, in Austria and like most of Europe. But Croatia is, you know, I think, I don't know the statistics, but I think it's like, 90 percent or even more 95 percent you know christians white people and then of course when somebody that looks different and maybe thinks different has different you know uh cultural things they do or beliefs you know of course it's weird for people because they're not used to seeing any different because you always see the same thing all of the time and for me it was kind of important you know because i think people when they think of refugees they just think of this uh, like theme you know refugees and they don't see the faces they can't connect a face to the the crisis or the situation and when i met five or six years no it was seven years ago actually Uh, A very good friend now, a very dear friend of mine from Syria, you know, this was the first time I connected the face to the people, to the crisis, you know, to the situation. And for me, it was super important, you know, to show their faces and it's not like they're refugees. No, it's Kiana, it's Amar, it's, you know, it's those people, they're people, they're kids, you know, normal kids. So yeah, that was for me. That awareness is so powerful. And again, you, you wanted to go in and not change or say I have privilege so I'm going to come in here and fix everything you wanted to find out what was actually the issue and how you can assist in making things better and just overall I think that's the common theme of these projects right like how can I use what I have how can I use Mm. my privilege to assist in making a situation better Um, and I think that's just so powerful and commendable to the three of you you really having the vision. And I said this to Pac so many times, like the vision that you had and the foresight that you had to create this project, not actually knowing what was going to happen, but you just knew it was important is so incredible. And I just think all of these projects are so amazing. And I hope that people really understand what it took to get these off the ground. Um, And to close out, because we've all kind of laughed a little bit about working with young people and how (laughs) interesting of an experience it is. And you always have to be on your toes. Um, I think back to Adidas Beyond when I was mentoring and it was such a pleasant experience. Uh, At first I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. These are teenagers. (laughs) I don't know if I'm ready for this energy. It's six in the morning. They're here before school. Um, but they were so committed to the point where like, if I was traveling or something and I missed a day, they'd be like, um, you weren't here. 
why weren't you here? Or you were late. And I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. They believe in it. Like I'm, Mm. I'm impacting these kids lives. And, you know, I really became attached to some of the students. And if I saw them slacking off, I'd be like, what's going on? Did something happen at school? Um, So people always say that, you know, we're impacting community and we're doing this for people and us to them. But I really think that there's an exchange. Um, It's not just us giving to people. It wasn't just you giving to the athletes in your project, but they were also giving back to you. So I want to know maybe if there was a student or a moment that just really impacted you that you think back too often and you have fond memories of and that you just want to carry on with you I think for me like what you said it's it has to be win-win right um we're 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 coming there and we're also learning from from the kids and we know peer peer-to-peer relationships are the best but having a the, the kids aren't really our peers right we're, we're younger they're younger than us but what I found is there was a shared focus and energy around sports I love sports they love sports they play many different sports than I do so there's one particular kid um, called Isaac at the school that um, I support so there's a tennis program that the kids take part in so they have um, expert coaching from Christine Um, but they also play football they play basketball table tennis and having a varied sports base at that at that age is really good rather than specify um specifying on anything so this young kid Isaac um what I found out later that he joined a running club after the session that um, I delivered so I'm not sure if it was because of me but of the session but uh you can take you can take credit for it (laughs) but no he went yeah so he joined the local running club um then Christine mentioned that um yeah Isaac is doing really well so I went down to deliver a session in May Isaac said, what's your 5K time? I was like, yeah, my 5K time is 17 minutes. Um, I want to try and get it down. And he's like, I'm not too far away from you. I was like, what, what, what do you mean? He's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm 21 minutes. I was like, no way, Isaac, you're 14 years old. He was ready just, to challenge you. Yeah, so we're talking about running, efficiency, how you can become better um, um, and have good movement patterns and he was going in so then Christine mentioned that he's now drilled in, in into kind of the running focus and it's impacting him in the other sports he plays then we went again in September I went down and um, coached coaching them on some agility then Isaac said um, yeah I'm definitely not far away from you now I was like oh, come on Isaac what now I've <laughs> only taken off 30 seconds he was like, no, um, I'm on 2040. I was like, no way. Wow. So he's taken off over a minute. Um, I was like, well done, Isaac. Again, we bonded over running. Um, did you watch the Olympics? Um, working and we're just spit, spitting out like different um, disciplines and what he likes, what he doesn't. So I guess there was that kind of shared bond, not only with Isaac, but with the other young people. So like you can name a famous footballer, a famous te- tennis player, and they know them as well. Um, because they're inspired by them and I'm also inspired by these um, um, elite athletes so we there's a shared bond across sports as a whole that's cool it sounds like you and Isaac need to get a 5k in together and see Um, what's really going down I'm not ready (laughs) (laughs) I want to watch it on Instagram I know you need to let us know when race day is (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) there you go Mari 
Yeah, I kind of forgot what the question was. Um, any moment or one of the students, one of the athletes who really impacted you and is just a fond memory? I mean, you know, I, I can't even like name one moment. It was like, you know, first I was too like terrified, like, okay, what if they hate me? And what if they hate the program? <laughs> what will we do? <laughs> and, you know, there, I kind of, I was really terrified. And then you meet this, these small people that are so, you know, smart and sassy sometimes. And, you know, I, I didn't even know yes. that kids could be like that yes. smart and sassy <laughs> and funny. And, yes. you know, sometimes we just, you know, we cried because we laughed so hard of some of the things they said. And I don't know, it's just, you know, it's just so amazing for now, for example, um, we kind of divided a few volunteers that are now driving the kids to their sports sessions. And I'm driving uh, four girls to the dancing lessons. And for me, it's just amazing to see because they're girls, you know, they're eight, nine and 10 years old, actually, all four. And um, then when we had the first session, you know, there was this male trainer, he's like 24 years old and like super cool, you know, dancing guy. And then the girls were like, oh my God, no, and no, I don't want the male trainer. And oh my God, so embarrassing and everything. <laughs> they were shy. And, uh, so yeah, cute. they were super shy. And now, you know, they just love him. And he was sick like two weeks ago or something. And one of his girlfriends he just uh, changed him um this day and then I asked him like okay who is better the male trainer or the woman trainer and the girls are like yeah our Christian he's the best <laughs> and you know just so super 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 happy and really really proud of each and one of them because they're going like to each training and they're not missing not even one training and it's just like wow amazing and just thinking of them I kind of tear up I really grew to love them and I hope they like me too. <laughs> I'm sure they do. If you're all laughing and crying together, that sounds yeah. like a great time. Yeah, that's super amazing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't also point out a specific moment, but I think when we were doing winter training, because we'd come there and would be the coaches and the mentors to the kids, and they had that sort of respect for us, there was still, I wouldn't call it a barrier, but there was that thing, okay, we're dealing with kids and we are the guys in charge. Um, but then when they started doing their winter training, I had been slacking because of COVID and I wasn't running as much. So um, I started joining them in the sessions because I, I just wanted to test myself if I could still sprint and stuff. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> they show me things like, I was, okay, it's, it's, it's high time I, I, I put away my spikes. But I think from that day on, like, we sort of like unpacked something even bigger because it wasn't that whole thing of, hey, mentor, how are you doing? And then go train. We became more free, like friends and the other mentors as well were started paying, uh, um, participating in the, in the training sessions. And it became so much easier to reach out to them and to just have a better connection with them. And we, like um, Ayo said, yes, we are mentors and they're peers, but we kind of had a, a respectful relationship between the two, which was, amazing so I think that was is going to be my biggest takeaway the fact that we form like a lasting sort of relationship because sometimes even when they post on Instagram because now it's pre um, pre-season so they are doing amazing on the track now because they they're just doing um pre-season races 
and they're doing so amazing and I keep congratulating them and they're like when you're coming back we miss you guys you guys Aww. must up, watch us and stuff so that's yeah dope. I think that's what I I'm taking away from it the fact that we it became deeper than just going there and trying to share knowledge and trying to understand them and better what they're doing it, it became more of like a, a friendship like a sort of a partnership that yeah mm-hmm. 100%. yeah shared experience yeah. I yeah. think one of my favorite moments from your project packs that I got to witness from all the way over here sadly in Brooklyn was when you took the kids to on a hike and right. they had never like it was a hike that was very close in proximity to where they live but they had never been there before and you guys like did packed lunches and I was like oh my gosh this looks like so much fun I want to go on this activity the pictures like the kids were so happy and it's moments like that where it's like this shared experience obviously it, it built more trust but it also got you closer to to that friendship and you know further away from I'm a coach this is an athlete and like really building a a relationship through that shared experience. And it just, it reminds me of running, you know, marathon training where you start a run next to someone you've never seen them before, but maybe you're really dying on the run and they give you a gel or a salt pill or something. And from then on every run, you're like, where's my, where's my person? Like we had that one split second together, but it was an experience that we shared and we bonded over. So I just, I see so many connections. Yeah, so like, yeah, it just unleashes something else. Yeah, because I'm just thinking about that hike. Yo, it was supposed to be a hike. It turned out to climb <laughs> up the mountain. And they kids, they just go and they were just jolting up and we had to like run, try to make sure that everyone is still on the right path. But yeah, we made it to the top. They were taking pictures. It was amazing. I, I really enjoyed that. And we also took them to the beach and we were playing. And yeah, I was just reminiscing now. It is, it is <laughs> like I'd, I'd really enjoy my Sundays because those we do on the last Sunday of the month. And yeah, we talk with the mentors like, where are you taking them this month? And we'd come up with ideas, send them to the coach. And then, yeah, we'd just surprise the kids. We'd tell them what we were going to do. They'd have to find it. But maybe we'd tell them maybe to pack a towel. Okay, then maybe they might think it's yoga or some I guess yeah we're going to the beach and stuff like that and yeah that element of surprise never fails (laughs) well I think if there's no takeaway from this conversation except for community it truly is a testament that community is powerful and through community and through sports you know the tagline of Adidas runners through sport, we have the power to change lives. Um, it's so true. And it's really cool to be able to use sports as a tool to greater things, right? So the basis of the project was running or sports or movement, but the outcome was so much greater. And I'm really excited to see what happens with these projects as we move forward with the DAC and new projects that get to come to life over the next year or, or however much time we have with the DAC. Um, and I, I just want to say thank you for joining me and sharing some insights on your project. I know you've been sharing so much over the last few months, but I think this is a really special look inside of your brains and how you came up with these projects and why they were so important. So thank you all for joining.
Thank you yeah. so much. Thanks, guys. That was so much fun. And I really wish this was in person. I'm so sad now that we're yeah. just on Zoom because the energy is so good. Oh. Yeah. It's just so inspiring to talk about this project. Mm. I, I still can't really believe how, how lucky I am that I got to do this and I'm still doing it. And especially now, last weekend, we when we shot the movie, and it was kind of you know a recap of everything and i was just crying because i got so emotional i was like oh my god it's the best thing ever i can't wait to see it um Ayo, i haven't seen your video yet so i need to go back and watch it but i mean even just being a part of pax is every time i'm like this is incredible getting chills yeah, like, yeah when he would totally. show pictures of the kids smiling i'd be like this <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> smiling back like it's a picture yeah um to close it off, if we could all just say our names again, what city we're coming from and the project that you created. Yeah, well, my pickle will do this run as Cape Town and I created and Tim um, led the project Open Our Plates. Ayo Dada, I did this one as London. I created and delivered the project, The Network Effect. Marie Wassler, captain from Adidas Runners Zagreb, and my project is We Are Better Together. AR like Adidas Runners, of course, because it was super creative. <laughs> Incredible. Thank you so much. My name is Shiar Robinson. I'm a captain from Adidas Runners NYC, saying thank you for joining us and signing off. Hope to see you across the globe running together soon.